The border war is back. On Monday night, Kansas and Missouri announced the resumption of their rivalry that had been dormant for nearly a decade. The teams will meet at Sprint Center in December 2020, starting a six-game series between the schools. On today's Sports Beat KC, sponsored by Big O Tire, star columnist Vahe Gregorian and Sam Melliger join me, Blair Kirkhoff, to talk border war, why it's back, and what it means. After a break, Sam and Vahe join me to do a little reminiscing. The World Series between the Washington Nationals and Houston Astros opens tonight. And it was five years ago the Royals embarked on their stunning run through the postseason to reach its first World Series in three decades. You'll hear us, and then you'll hear some clips from television and radio broadcasts of some of the biggest moments of the 2014 run through the postseason. It's Tuesday, October 22nd, and thanks for listening. Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian are here. And, you know, for the last few years, guys, um, I was trying to figure out what new to say about the border war. You know, the school's positions were well known. Um, Missouri never wanted it to end and thought it should continue after joining the SEC. And Kansas just said, nope, not doing it. Vahe, I read your column today. That was one of the first things you did, maybe the first thing you did when you when you came to the Kansas City Stars. You wrote about this topic. And Sam, you've written about it. I, I've written about it. We've all written about how Kansas and Missouri were never going to play again. And about 7.20 on Monday night, I'm just staring at my email, uh, just over email, and there's a, there's a release from Missouri saying the border war is back. And the first thing I thought was, well, this is a fake account. This, this is ridiculous. Well, I, how, first of all, they wouldn't announce it this way if, if it was back. But then the Kansas information came, and it's back, baby. The border <laughs> war is back. But, hey, let's start with you. Um, I, I know it's uh, someone who covered Missouri for as long as you have, uh, or long as you, as long as you did. Uh, you were like me, and I, th- I think Sam agrees too that it should never have ended, but we're happy it's back. Absolutely, and you mentioned this in a tweet last night, and and this is true for me too. You you specifically pointed to those last two basketball games in, in your top 10 and oh gosh I, I would certainly add the the 2007 football game in my top 10 I know we're <laughs> talking about basketball but this thing gets in your blood pretty quick and I remember being back in the day you know 1990 or whenever it was my I think my first game at Allen Fieldhouse was maybe they were one and two and it was uh, big Monday and I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing I couldn't believe what I was feeling and I it wasn't about you know, seeing Missouri win or Kansas win, it was about the environment. Um, and I, I just, it, it became special to me immediately then. Um, so special, in fact, I once asked my parents to come out and see a Missouri-Kansas basketball game. And I, I'll always remember my mom being like red-faced afterwards because she just <laughs> couldn't believe what she'd been through. And she what, had no dog in the hunt. Like, what what the did hell, I just see? What the hell is this? Is yeah. <laughs> But it was so I've always felt that way about it. And one quick little other aside, it is funny about that was the first interview I arranged when I got here. I just thought the first story needs to be they should play again. And so I got I got with Bill and I still have on my tape recorder the very first interview with Bill here. And I'd known him a while as you guys had. But his first words on there were (laughs) along the lines of something we all tease each other about all the time where he knows exactly the number he's talking about, but leaves it a little bit to doubt. So he goes, hey, well, you may want to check me on this, but I, I, I think that there are more 
Kansas alums in the metro area than there are K-State and Missouri combined. Is that, you know, it might be 57.8%. I, I'm totally warping the numbers, but but it, it uh, he protested too much, right? I mean, it was always on his mind. Now, we'll get into why now, and, and it, it, maybe it's not exactly resumption of some kind of we love you uh, fest here, but but look, it, it's part of the DNA. So why now, Sam? <laughs> well, there's uh, the cynical view, and there's as, as I read in Mellinger Minutes, yes, <laughs> which was fantastic, by the way. Oh, if you read uh, read Mellinger Minutes. Uh, it's for Sam's breakdown. First of all, little behind the scenes, you probably had Mellinger Minutes all sort of wrapped up and ready to go, and yeah. with a different lead, and yeah, came news. down from put my kids to bed and decided. <laughs> Check realized email. I needed a, a rewrite. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, one view is, uh, I, I liked Bill's line in in Gary's story this morning about like, I got, I got the seven year, seven year itch. Seven year itch. Uh, but notably, uh, that game next year is going to be in the KU season ticket package, uh, the Sprint Center. So I don't know. Maybe that's a little little boost to some season ticket sales that were, you know, behind what Kansas has been accustomed to. Uh, you know, I don't think you have to. The dots are certainly there to connect that the football program uh, is not awash in money with you know how they're handling David Beatty's uh, buyout. So I mean, that's one reason. Um, but I, I also, I think, I don't know how everybody felt. But I just I always felt like it was going to happen again. And, and I think I probably would have said five to 10 years and, and we're right in the middle there. And, but it, it's a weird feeling because like for those of us that, that, that grew up, that grew up here or that, that have lived here for a long time, you, you just said, if I, it gets in your blood and the KU Missouri games, when I was a kid and sort of, you know, becoming aware of the world a little bit and falling in love with sports, KU Missouri, other than tournament games, playoff games. KU Missouri was the game that you could just tell was different. You know, you could just tell. You could see it on TV. It was just louder the way the the announcers were treating it. You could just tell that that game was different and it meant something bigger and more to a lot of people in a way that obviously I didn't understand when I was six or eight or 10 or whatever, but you realize the fact first and then you realize the why later. And, you know, it, it kind of, not kind of, it made me sad that for the last seven years, and think about this, the, the kids that, that, that will be college freshmen next year going to that game will have been five years old, or I'm sorry, uh, they, they will have been 10 years old um, the last time that, that KU, maybe fifth grade. Fifth, sixth graders. Yep, um, the last time. And so they don't know it. They've got to learn if they've got an older sibling, if they've got parents, you know, that that's how they're going to get it. But I, I do think that seven years, hopefully, is, is a short enough time that, you know, the hatred will be like riding a bike. You know, he's like, OK, that's that's a comfortable slipper uh, and, and we'll we'll be awash in the hatred again, because it really is a special deal. But quick aside that that Blair should remember best, because I think it specifically was from one of his stories. So in 2007, I'm still at the Post-Dispatch, but of course, this is Arrowhead Armageddon, right, with the uh, that game building up the way it did. And Blair, you did some really special things with relation to the the underpinnings of, of why this is more than just a sports thing. And 
I'm pretty sure this was your story, even though I really want to think I got this and had it in my story, but <laughs> I think I'm going to lean on the side of attribution. Um, you were in contact with a couple historians, and I, I, I'm bummed out I can't immediately remember his name because I've had exchanges with him since. And I think you, you, you got into order number 11 a little bit. Yep. And, but you also got into some aspect of this where maybe he told you about this or maybe you found it. There were people talking about um, <laughs> some of the atrocities at, at the time and talking in the active tense along the lines of, we think we know who did it. <laughs> that has always stayed with me, that that was still kind of just yeah. <laughs> present. Also staying with me is the, the plaque you pointed out on one of our first walks over to the Sprint Center, right right between us, yeah. uh, the star on the Sprint Center. The, the origin of the border war is on a historical marker just outside of Sprint Center between the Star Office and Sprint Center on Grand Avenue, Grand and 14th, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's like a couple hundred feet away yes, from the, yes, from the, the basketball court, basically. The, right, the, um, uh, the collapse of the house that killed the, the wives and, and other women related to some of the, um, the guerrillas, guerrilla fighters, that led to the burning of Lawrence in 1863, I think. So I grew up in North Carolina, and I fell in love with AC, college basketball because of the rivalries in the ACC. And back when I was a kid, it was, it was North Carolina State versus North Carolina, and then Duke Carolina was... Uh, it was uh, was profoundly interesting and, and always has been, and it's ESPN pushed and everything like that. We understand what Duke, North Carolina is. But I always tell people, now having been here for 30 years, I tell my friends in the East and anywhere else that, that are people who are not familiar with our, our area, at least I did tell them this when Kansas and Missouri were playing, that there is no depth of feeling in a rivalry greater than Kansas and Missouri because of the historical roots of it. And um, and, and when I was digging into the, those roots for that football game in, in 07, I, was, I, I, I didn't expect to be surprised because I thought I'd heard everything, and I was a little surprised because it is, it is deep-rooted. And you said something in your Mellinger Minutes, Sam, that, that, that is so true people decide where to live in Kansas City based on this rivalry. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I mean, like, where else does that exist? Anywhere in the country. Nowhere. It it is the one, like, I I am, um, like, words matter. Like, like, I I get, you know, sort of fatigue on, um, like, war metaphors in sports. You know, threw a bullet, threw a bomb, battled, you know, lost the battle but won the war. Like all these things that seep their way into sports and it's ridiculous, all of it, I hate it. It's I just what, a game. Let me pause. I, I really changed my thinking on that after 9-11, by the way. Yes. Just, you know, that really had an impact on the way It, it I kept it in the forefront things. of your mind, right? You wouldn't right. lapse into it. Right, yeah. exactly, good yeah. way of putting it. Kansas, Missouri is the one place where I think it's apt. Like the, when they tried to go border war to border showdown, no. <laughs> No, that's no. It was a border war, and this is the closest thing that we have to an actual war. It's the same kind of teams, or the same sort of the ancestors of one side. In in a lot of ways, the Armans are on one side, <laughs> and, and, other, and, the, and the Fambros on the other. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> the fighting exactly right. So let's let's call it what it is, man. Shout out. <laughs> Thinking of you, Mike. Um, 
All right, so let, let's roll down. The, the first game is December 2020 at Sprint Center, and then it alternates between Lawrence, Columbia, Lawrence, Columbia, and then the, the final game in the six-year series is, is at uh, back at Sprint Center. Anything to that, that they, they, they went 2-2-2? Two, 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 um, well, Missouri people will tell you that's four in Missouri. <laughs> and they would be correct. Right. And Kansas people will tell you that's four in Big 12 country. That's right. <laughs> yeah. that's right. Uh, so was there anything to – I, I kind of like it. I like the uh, – I, I like that two of them are going to be at Sprint Center. And, cool. uh, and as we discuss that, let's also talk about the difference in the feeling there might be as a non-conference game versus a Big 12, Big 8, Big 7, Big 6, Missouri Valley game. Just a quick thought on that is just that I <laughs> – I wonder. I do wonder a little bit how that will feel on the campus sites, right? Although, again, any game at Allen Fieldhouse always has that extra. And a game against a team like Missouri, even if it's a little diminished by the conference thing, it's going to feel the same. I don't know exactly about Columbia. I'm not sure. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I don't think the Mizzou – I'm not used to that Mizzou arena really being a great atmosphere. I mean, it yeah. was obviously it, it for the final been. game against Kansas, right? But and it was that so, season and previous years they were. Yeah, it had, right. Like it, the Marcus it, it would be and, and this, this will draw something out, right? But I, but I mean, is it not just going to be crackling electric, whatever here, no matter what? I mean, that's a pretty. I like I like the the way they're doing this. Maybe though, I wonder if it's if it's a little test market for a future contract just in Kansas City. Maybe. It's interesting. Like I, I really like kicking it off here um, at the Sprint Center. It seems like the right, the right format to do it in. And you know that that the second year, the first year, the first campus game is going to be at Kansas would lend some, you know, credibility or whatever to the theory about the season season ticket holder because that that in theory <laughs> might be the year where Kansas is not eligible for a postseason game. Oh uh, yes. You know if if it goes the way that. A lot of us, it could. Um, it could. Seen, yeah, it yeah. could. Um, but I, I, I like that they're getting all three. You know, I, I really do that. They're that. If it was just at Sprint Center, I'd be stoked. And if it was just, you know, home and home, uh, Columbia and Lawrence, I'd be stoked. Obviously, but I, I feel like getting all three of those venues involved um, is is the right way to do it. The, the bragging rights game is sort of like the, it's the, the closest comp we have to anything like this, right? Kansas doesn't play a non-conference rival every year um but and and that place you know those those teams aren't always awesome or whatever but that arena is always fun it is i game. mean it, it is the closest comp and, and it's, I, I wonder i'm sorry to interrupt no, but i wonder if they'll do it like they do it bragging the hats and just half and half you know like half, texas oklahoma like and, well, like yeah. like they didn't they try to do that for the exhibition game two years ago or did they i don't just, think they did they willy-nilly the tickets i think or? they willy-nilly because it was it was not last minute, but it was a it little was bit. It was late. It was a absolutely bit late. late. Right? It was very spontaneous. Yeah. Um, when I seem to remember Kansas fans at the time saying, "We we are, have no interest in this." Oh yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just kind of silly, and that's been part, one of the silly things, right? Yeah. They've taken their cue from Bill's words a little bit on that, although Bill always did hedge a little. I, I yeah. Just in reviewing uh, some of the things he yeah. said, he was always kind of like, "Well, we miss them, but, but we're yeah. not interested in them." I always felt like Bill and fans were kind of playing off each other a little bit too. They were they were, they were feeding each other about, you know, it was it was a thing for Bill to be able to say, you know, and like the fans, yeah, that's our guy, you know, and and you know, vice versa. It just seemed like that was they were in it together. Yeah, I, you know, you're right. What, just quick back to what you were actually talking about instead of where I took it. Um, that Missouri Illinois game, we've all been there. I've, I've been to a lot of them just because I worked in St. Louis a long time, and it 
uh, it's a treasure. Mm -hmm. What I haven't thought about until this minute is, okay, it's December 20 at yep. Sprint Center. That's usually about the time the Missouri-Illinois game is, it right is. before yeah. Christmas. Right. If, if I haven't looked, I assume December, December 20 is a Saturday, uh, I'm assuming. And it may not be. I would, 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 I would guess that. that? Would they go I can't imagine they'd go back-to-back -back with that. Would they? I, I'd seem, that's pretty high peak mm -hmm. intensity, just it's nuclear. It's a Sunday. So it's a Sunday. So look, maybe Missouri's going to do, If I, I haven't looked at this at all. I'm assuming that contract is going in perpetuity or at least for some years to come with Illinois, but maybe maybe that's between Christmas and New Year's now. Hmm. I think it, it's it's completely hinged on holiday season before. It has been played, I think, after Christmas a time or two, but I could be making that up. I think it's, this is, this game is in that window that has traditionally mm -hmm. been Missouri, right. Illinois. Right. The other thing I wondered is when, when it moves to campus sites, will will it finally be part of the Big 12 SEC challenge? You know, that's... Hmm. Um, could it be? Yeah. I don't know how I, those TV contracts work. If you already have a game schedule, could they just sort of... Um, I think I think know, it commandeer yes. the game. Yeah, is. I think so. And I think in years that Kansas doesn't play Kentucky in the Champions Classic, they ESPN always arranges a Kentucky Kansas game at the for the challenge. So maybe in cool. one or two of those years that this game will be part of the, That's the yeah. challenge. It, it doesn't not necessarily, but n now the the teams know they have an opponent from that conference in those years. You'll know this off the top of your head, I think, but I don't. Um, that. What were the traditional dates for those challenges now? Well, late January. Um, okay, so like that's last week in January. That makes sense with the as as I recall this press release being laid out, at least the one I got from Kansas and not Missouri. Um, the only dates put in there were December the of the Sprint Center, Center games, yeah, the two, the two Sprint not Center. the campus ones. So certainly could could fit in that, but but they obviously want some flexibility one way or another on that. So okay. maybe, it, yeah, maybe it all connects. All right, so we touched on it just a, a second ago. You guys don't necessarily, did you ever buy the the, the Kansas, the anti-Kansas factions on this? Um, I, I'll tell you where I did. The, the Kansas fans that didn't who want Who didn't it. want this, the the never, you know, never agains, I think as, the, as you mentioned. Them, never play -ems, Never play the, the never play <laughs> The one good point that they ever had, and it was only one, was that Playing a non-conference game means less than a conference game. Oh, no That's doubt just about it. Factually accurate. That's it. But <laughs> playing your you know, most hated I, rival means more than playing Pitt as, State, as uh, it you know, should, yes. as it always should. But I will add to that: having had so many discussions with Larry Keating over the years, who was the architect of KU's, you know, non-conference basketball schedule, there was such a formula to what Kansas was trying to do with its non-conference schedule in terms of, you know, how many, you know, uh, the the, the tournament, the, the four three or four game tournament that they play, X number of home games, X number of home and away games yeah. against opponents that are, you know, nationally, you know, they're, they're always Champions Classic. They had so many sort of built-in uh, opponents that sometimes it just didn't make sense to play an, op an opponent with the profile of a Missouri yeah. at, at a home and home. Now that disregards the, the the part of the profile which is the most important. <laughs> right, it's your historic, <laughs> most treasured rival. Yeah, right. um, they should have. They actually should have started with that game and then built the schedule around right. you know, the rest of the <laughs> right. conference schedule around. But hey, I, I'm just glad it's back. And Vahe, you mentioned it. The last year you covered both of those games. The last year that Kansas and Missouri played it was your last year in St. Louis, right? Because yeah, just yeah. about your last about, year in St. Yeah. Louis, and it was. And I was. I was pinch hitting covering Kansas that year because we lost our KU beat writer uh, after the non-conference. 
those two games, the one at Columbia where Marcus Dedman just went off, <laughs> scored nine of their 11 points to end the game on an 11-0 run, and then the game in Lawrence where Kansas came from 19 down in the second half to win in overtime, as excited as I've ever seen Bill Self in, in, after yes, a game. Yeah. We still use that photograph of him clenching his fists. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it, 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 those were remarkable atmosphere games. Yeah, it, it, they were um, supersonic sound in Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, it's it, one of those ones where you, do, you needed to bring the earplugs, uh, and not in this case, not just for the sound system, which sometimes gets a little extra cranking in that decibel count. Um, there are certain games, right? We'll, we'll, we're, we've all been really lucky. There's going to be a lot of competition for our top 10 things that we've gotten to attend, right? Yeah. But there are certain things that are going to stay with you forever. Um, and those just are two of them. And what, what's the reason? Because those games wouldn't stand out to us if we didn't, at the time, think they were the last for a while, right? They probably wouldn't they have been played the same been, way. They still would have been great games. They would have been great. But I dare say the that the intensity might have been different, right? Yes, Maybe some I things would have played out differently. Yep. Would have been intense, intense as hell, but not yeah. as intense as that. <laughs> yeah. So well, and then and then Kansas screwed up in the Big Twelve tournament that year by losing in the semifinals. Broke my avoiding, heart, avoiding oh. Missouri in the championship. Well, broke but something heart. I thought about it just last night. It was that was Missouri's the Big Twelve exit tournament for Missouri. That's their last meaningful postseason win. Oh, they man. haven't they haven't won an NCAA tournament game no since nope they lost that was the Norfolk State year right 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 yeah. it was for sure and then the next year they lost to Colorado State in the first round then yep. they got thrashed by Florida State in the only other NCAA appearance so man, Missouri's last meaningful yeah. postseason game was them cursing themselves by chanting SEC and wearing <laughs> yeah. those shirts I think that as, that as was they a were little being karma the Big Twelve trophy yeah I thought I I, I still don't really understand. The, the mechanics that why that was what Missouri wanted to walk out on I mean it, I thought it, I thought it was you, I, you, I thought it was bad form yeah just it was know, I it thought was, it was but bad I think form. it was <laughs> but, but, but Sam we'll, you love that we'll, kind we'll of turn, stuff we'll, it was funny go ahead but we'll turn the junior <laughs> member of, <laughs> of the panel here. it was funny it's a war you know, it's yeah a war. I mean, it's it like was sort of, it was funny it's oh. sort of what happened I mean I like I, I think that any fan base, I think they might have been doing the same damn thing. You know. Well, I have regardless. thought about this a lot. You know, the, the, the scenarios are imperfect here, but KU goes to the Big Ten and Missouri's still in the Big Twelve, right? Or, or, or somehow KU ended up in the SEC. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, how much would each side have handled this the exact same way Absolutely. or differently? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, the only difference is there's not like a Big Ten chant. Like there's not like a they would have had to like figure out something <laughs> not, not like catchy. just the yeah. go, go Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody ever chants that. That's the only difference. That's right. My memory of that season, like I, I just remember uh, that was the year that uh, that my wife and I got married, and um, we scheduled the wedding, and and it happened. It was on. Um, it, it was it was such that um, February eighteenth was the day I remember my anniversary, guys. Um, but then the the KUMU game was like the next day or two days later or something like that. So it was going to be our honeymoon, right? And so, and we only had one columnist at the time, and and I remember like for a second wondering if I should like try to move the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quickly I quickly determined that that was not the best course of action but the uh, the first game of that uh, the Columbia game was first in that season and it was the Saturday before the Super Bowl 
the Super Bowl was in Indianapolis that year. And so I drove from oh. Indy to Columbia. I can't remember how far that is. Um, to watch that game that's, that's and just, six. Yeah. you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, if this is the only one I can make, I'm damn sure not going to miss it. Watched it and drove home like happy as a, I was like, you know what? That was the game. There's no way the second one's going to be as, as fun as that. <laughs> like that's, that's as good as it gets. You saw the game. <laughs> yeah. And then, three weeks later, and I'm watching, you know, and this is not, I'm not complaining, obviously, but I'm sitting there watching from a hotel room in Hawaii. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> this, game, this game appears to be better than the one I saw. Well, as I recall, the star called in the veteran, uh, I don't know if he's a left-hander or a right-hander, but Joe Posnanski came in came back and wrote off that game for the star. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah. That's what it took to, yeah. to make up for the vacuum. Yeah, come back, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I never I never knew that part of the story. That is great. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going <laughs> to the reminiscing will continue after we take a break. It's the the occasion of the World Series starting tonight and it's so the 5 year it's been 5 years since the Royals postseason run in 2014 and we are going to remember some of the some of the big moments on the path to the World Series for the Royals. Back after this. When it comes to saving you money on tires, nobody does it better than Big O Tires. Like saving you up to $120 on select sets of Goodyear, Yokohama, Pirelli, and Continental tires now through November 3rd. That's $70 off instantly, plus up to $50 back by mail-in rebate when you purchase using your Big O Tires card. Hurry into Big O Tires and see how much you can save. Big O Tires, the team you trust. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian. We're going to talk about the Royals 2014 playoff run with the Nationals and Astros getting ready to kick off the whatever, however many number it is, World Series. What is this? Do we know? It's 100 and... It's going to be about... 100 something. Some, 100 and something World Series tonight. Um, uh, but before we before we get into the postseason, I just, here are a couple of numbers. Uh, on, on June 19th, 2014, the Royals were in first place. They were a first place team. Game, game and a half up. It had to be the Tigers, right? Because they were still the the division kingpin. On July 21st, they were eight games back. They had taken that big slide. They were two games under 500, and that's when they started that 24-6 and six run, got back to first place. Now, the rest of the year, they sort of jockeyed position with the Tigers, ended up as the wild card team, but they were in the postseason for the first time. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying that when the Royals clinched the playoff position in Chicago. They still didn't know whether they're going to win the division or be a wild card team. This this is what baseball and sports can do to you. 
I, at that time, my kids, my, my two oldest, two boys were not living at home anymore. They were out, out and about. And I went back and called them and, and just had conversations with them because they had watched or had listened or paid attention to, to the game. And you just start thinking about going to games with your kids when you're young. And so that's what, that's what, that's how I spent getting back after writing and filing, and it's you know past midnight, and I don't don't remember where they were, but um, that's how meaningful that occasion was was to me. Um, and and it's funny as, as we were writing stories going into the postseason, I can remember talking to other people that way, including people who were at Chicago at the at the clincher, and people crying and hugging family members and. You know, sports is stupid. It's just stupid, <laughs> but it makes you feel bad. Um, now, Sam, you got kids. They weren't they weren't born then. S- Sammy was a baby. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was born in February of 2014. But um, I like sport. This is kind of what you're talking about, right? Like um, I've said this a million times, but like sports are the most irrelevant thing in the world. Right up until the moment, they're the most relevant thing in the world. <laughs> and and that was it, man. Like I mean, it was um, just the memories of that a lot of people had we had been doing stories we had been doing stories so long about how long it had been since the royals were good that those stories were old you know like i, I remember doing stories they were like, second third generation of stories yeah, about how bad like, the royals were i remember doing a story um I, I think it was kids born in 1985 at their like 22nd birthday or something like that the idea being they're probably out of college, you know, they're, they're building their lives and like, why the hell are you people still Royals fans? And that story was seven years old by the time 2014 came around, you know, those people had, some of those people I talked to had been married and divorced, you know, like (laughs) signed and lost mortgages, you know, like real life stuff had happened. And the, the other thing about it wasn't, so it was that emotion, but you have that Sometimes, you know, like the Cubs had it the very next year. Oh, of, I, I remember the Red Sox in 04 yes. ha- absolutely had that. That yep. was that was a you know a century, just like the Cubs were yep. almost a century of that. But what what you don't have a lot is, um, and I'm I'm not going to say not ever because I'm sure we can come up with examples. But you don't have that part of it, you know, uh, grown adults that can't remember the last time that this happened, uh, combined with just a dizzying and almost unrealistic string of incredible baseball games. I mean, just th- that wild card game. Um, I-, I bought tickets, uh, we bought tickets, uh, my wife and her brother um, to go. And I don't remember, ex- I think it's one of those things like, if you have a bad memory, you try and push it out. Like, I don't remember what we paid. <laughs> for those tickets, but it was a lot. I remember like cringing when I hit, you know, confirmed payment. Because you were never gonna, when were you ever gonna see a Royals postseason game? game? It was the last playoff game until, you know, like our baby was 50 and like hopefully was a doctor and could take us then. But, uh, and I remember I texted my wife in the seventh inning or whatever it was when it's, you know, seven to one, what, what the score. And I was just like, Sorry about the game, kind of sucks, but <laughs> hope you guys had fun. <laughs> you know, the next time, next time I talked to her is the next morning, and it was just like, what the hell happened? That was incredible. And then it was just that was probably the best game, you know, with the stakes and everything. But I mean, it was you know the, the Mustakas in 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 Anaheim, all the Baltimore games, the Wade Davis game the next year, the 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 Astros game, Game Four, the Johnny Cueto game. I mean, it was just like oh, like. Game after game after that game. Was, that Familia. game was the portal to it all, right? Oh, my God. I mean, 
I think that game changed everything. Even 2015, I don't think happens the same way without yeah, that. Yeah, that I think there's something back. to that. I loved how, Vi, you had just gotten to Kansas City. Um, Sam had covered more than a decade of terrible baseball. We had lived through decades of terrible baseball. You get here from St. Louis, and right away, you, you didn't see, <laughs> yeah. you don't see a losing team. Yeah, uh, yeah this come, is what happens. This end, is what, end of 13, right, right, that's Royals baseball. Well, the, a thing that's funny, this, this is true. Um, because I came here with a fresh set of eyes, everything sort of looked possible to me, right? I was not always <laughs> in this mode of what is the ridiculous thing that's going to happen. And I've certainly seen it before and since, but I, I didn't feel like that. I sort of thought this team's kind of interesting in 13. They seem to be on an upward surge. But I think what everybody else naturally would feel is like they're still not there. And, and this has been so long, right? Ned, it's the baggage. Ned yeah. and Dayton, are they really going to make it? And et cetera, et cetera. And, and again, we can we can still look at that A's game as a hinge on how that could have changed. I, I don't know how much of the fire Ned column you'd written that night, but it was you know it was bubbling <laughs> more than a couple paragraphs. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> so, I remember right. So um, so there's that aspect of it, but I part of that also was a real appreciation of 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 this point that you could it fast forwarded us into living here. I mean, we'd been here about a year. That's interesting. But I, I've, Cindy and I have talked about this a lot. Um, we were engulfed in the community in a way, it, back circling back to your point with your boys, Blair. I mean, you just feel it in a way, like you just, it, it, it all wove together. So part of that was, remember how present the Royals themselves were in the community, right? Mm -hmm. The whole thing with McFadden's and, and you'd see them oh out everywhere, gosh, yeah. all those things. But you sort of felt like we're all just in this that's a really weird thing to say out loud as a sports writer but you kind of felt like that we're all one entity almost um so and i've always told my friends in st louis you know you, you don't have any way to appreciate what this meant to kansas city because you're in the i think the longest the, the cardinals have not been in a postseason is like 12 years in the last 90. yeah and so it's just an entirely different feeling and for it to go from that wild guard game all the way to the end that was the part that was you know, didn't most people sort of feel like, well, okay, they won the wild card game. It's okay to lose the they Angels. They get a real series. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right. But at least they get a real, yeah, at least yep. they get a real series. And that first night in California, I remember thinking, oh, this, this maybe is, this maybe is going to be a little different well, than what I thought. It was the way it happened. It was Moustakas, the yes. guy that, that had yes. been demoted and, and then brought back up. And people like to say that when he was brought back up, it changed his confidence and all that stuff. But his numbers were pretty miserable after he got brought back Just up. some power, right? I mean, a little bit, but if you go back, I mean, his slash line was not, I mean, ooh, it, it ooh. was not, it was like borderline playable. And he, he was really fighting it. And then they they talk about, once the playoffs start, you're, everybody's average is zero. And it, and I don't know how much of this is like reverse engineering and just trying to figure something out, but when he hit that home run in, was it the 12th inning or the 11th, 11th, inning. 11th inning? And I, I just will never forget that. And, and that stadium is, a half well it's LA traffic but it's very close a short drive uh from from where he grew up and I just I he had always I remember him rounding the bases the the ball went out his right field and and he was about halfway between first and second and he just took his fists and pounded them together like pounded one fist with the other one and it was just it was a an emotion it was a thing that he had never done before and it was I, you could see it all in that one little move. And I think that it changed. And, and that was also the first of many moments where the Royals are on the road and they do something. 
and the stadium is silent and the only thing that you can hear even all the way up in the press box is a bunch of noise from one specific area <laughs> yeah. it's it's the dugout and then it's the family section that, that is screaming and everybody else is silent it was so cool you just reminded me of this and of course it this was kind of a just a side note here but that's the night that greg holland arrived from oh that's right from his, from his north child carolina, being born from north carolina flying across the country in the fifth inning yeah. yeah and as i recall you know running with his bag and being yelled at by security i think had to yell i'm a player yeah right right had to talk his way into the stadium basically yeah, yeah. just you, a weird side note yeah. just you know i what i remember about uh kind of what happened on the field besides the home runs, Moustakas in game one, Hosmer had the walk-off, not yep. walk-off, but the game-winning home run in game two, was the outfield defense. The Nori Aoki catch, <laughs> yeah. the Lorenzo Cain catches, uh, Dyson had a great catch. I, I just remember thinking, what? A, this is a charm team. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting opportunities to make plays, and if you're the other team, how demoralizing is it? The Angels had the best record in baseball, or at least in the American League that year. And they just had to be demoralized watching the Royals make all these crazy catches. And then, of course, though, the Royals are going to get squashed by the Orioles, the Dunce versus the Genius. Yeah. All that. Right? That was the narrative. Like, well, yeah. they've come this far. and They, We know they swept the Angels, but now they're up against the real team. Most home runs in baseball. Yeah. And yeah. Little, little ballpark, outfield defense yeah. won't, man, won't matter as much. And, and that was another – it was back in Kansas City, but I remember one of probably a dozen. But um, – Alex Gordon having an incredible catch. Remember when he just rammed into the wall? Into the wall. And, and he laid there. He, he did uh, what Hochaver later called a to- total Gordo move, where you know he just makes the catch, runs into the wall, and just lays there like he's dead <laughs> for like three seconds. Tell people, oh, is he really hurt? And then he just pops up, <laughs> blows a bubble, and throws the ball back to the field. You know, the, the Mustakas catch, I forgot, was that the Orioles series? It was, it was and it was in game three. Because yeah. remember it happened at night, uh-huh. and game four was in the afternoon. Yep. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's just, I've come to think that um, like when they start building the statues, um, it should be those moments. It should be Moustakas going horizontal. Yes. It should be Salvi reaching all the way across the plate. It should be Gordon pointing to the sky after the familiar homer. I mean, you know, there's a right. million like that. And no one player probably deserves a statue based on his career accomplishments. I mean, we'll wait and see what Perez does. Yeah. But I totally agree. To represent those two years, it is. It's a collection of those moments because yeah. I, I, I see them. I see yeah. him all the time, yeah. you know, yeah. th- those moments. I also remember, let's, let's before we finish, let, let's talk about Ned and Ned Yost, how his demeanor throughout the whole thing. He was, you know, crusty Ned, we we, we called him, and, and among other things. But uh, I can't believe, he was so re- relaxed and, uh, and just friendly, and mm-hmm. his demeanor had changed during the postseason. Did, I think this is how I see it, and maybe, maybe we've even heard people say this, but I, I think Winning that A's game just unlocked everything. And I think we then saw the Ned that people who really know him see a little, just a little bit yeah. more. I remember just this odd thing when they were getting ready to go play the Giants. Um, it was one of those work day, workout days here, right? Gets in between or something. And I, I just asked him if he could sit down and talk a few minutes about his childhood growing up there. And he was like, oh, sure, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just doesn't, for, for our listeners, I mean, it's just, he's, Ned certainly was cooperative and crusty at times, but cooperative. But, but at the kind of biggest moments of their lives, they don't just say, "Let's sit down and yeah. talk in the dugout for a half hour." And he and yeah. he did. And I just thought that reflected his state of mind at the time. Yeah, 
Can I tell, can I tell one more story that I've, yeah, I've, you guys please. have heard me tell this story just like in private a million times. The, the listeners should know that Sam is like bouncing up and down in his seat <laughs> as he says this. Well, I just, I love this story about, you know, cause I, I'd been talking to everybody around the team about how much, how much has to go into this. And you have to have good baseball players. Obviously they have to be focused. Obviously they have to be healthy, obviously, but there's also an amount of luck you know, that plays into it. And, and the Royals got every little break and that's not to diminish every team gets breaks or whatever, but somebody, and I, I won't use his name um, just because it was, it wasn't that kind of conversation, but a member of the front office was like, I got a story for you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he said, uh, I, I forgot who got hurt, but they needed a, a spot start for a game in Toronto in 2014. Was it 15? 15. And, uh, <laughs> and it was down to, um, uh, Aaron Brooks, and I forgot the other guy. <laughs> I know the story. <laughs> and the Royals executive that I'm talking to says, you know, we had a meeting about it, and everybody's making their point. And he said, I pounded the table. And, you know, everybody, there's always a pound the table part of, of these stories. He said, I pounded the table. And I said, I don't know if Aaron Brooks is going to give you seven innings and only give up two, but I know for damn sure he's not going to get lit up. He's not gonna. He didn't. He's not gonna poop the bed. He didn't say poop. And then we all know what happened with Aaron Brooks. He went like two thirds of an inning, gave up I think a thousand runs. I'd have to double check it. And so my guy, he's telling the story, and he just goes, "Oops." <laughs> <laughs> and the point was, you can even make some mistakes. That that was my biggest miscalculation. That is, I, I was looking at everything that went wrong with the Royals in, in fourteen, especially. And remember Hosmer got his uh, his wrist or hand broken on a, like right after the trade deadline yes. had passed. Yes, and I was like, oh, you know, a team like this has no margin, they're screwed now. But that, that kind of opened my eyes, you know, everybody has stuff that goes wrong with them and, and you can make it up somehow, some way. Can I just remind of also, you're triggering this thought, just another sort of little thing, it sort of hinges, again, a little bit on the luck thing, but on just sort of the, the oddities that played out. We might have talked about this even on a podcast recently. But we were, oh, probably when we were talking about Mondesi, it, him joining the Royals that year. But I can't forget about a one nothing win they had in Oakland. Yeah, it was a Mondesi home run. No, Abanez. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Mondesi. Yeah. I meant Abanez all the time. Sorry, Abanez, Abanez, Abanez. So he hits that home run. It's maybe the only thing he really contributed on the field. Uh-huh. That's the difference between them playing the wild guard game at home and, and on the road, I think. Yeah. I think the way it played out. And that's probably the difference of them winning that game. It at least seems to be. And he was more than that. But that was an example of what yeah. you were saying, Sam, that this is the stuff flowing for you that you, you don't know how it's all going to come together. Yeah. It's its own, own magic. Yeah. That was fun, guys. As we as we leave, we're going to, um, you're going to hear some clips. You're going to hear um, Fox Sports call of Sal Perez's game-winning RBI in the wild-card game. After that, you'll hear Denny Matthews' call of Moustakas' 11th-inning home run in game one of the ALDS against the Angels. And then maybe what I think is Denny Matthews' best call uh, of the postseason, the final out of the 2014 ALCS against the Orioles. And then the Fox Sports broadcast call of the Alex Gordon at bat in the ninth inning of the bottom of the ninth of the World Series game against the Giants. We didn't talk any, uh, didn't talk anything about the World Series, which was the seventh game. And I think I read this only the fourth time in baseball history that um, uh, that, it was, that a batter came up with a chance to win the game in the bottom of the ninth of game seven of a World Series um, with Sal Perez after Gordon. But we're gonna give you Gordon's uh, base hit and then run around the bases here. So enjoy these and we will talk to you again soon. 
Now looking for a two-out hit. Pass through into left field. The Kansas City Royals are walking off into the ALDS. Next pitch to Moustakis is belted to deep right field. Back goes Calhoun to the wall and gone. Moustakis on a 1-1 pitch got it over the right field fence. Bouncing ball, Moustakis, fair ball, sets, throws, Royals win it. Kansas City, you've got a World Series. That's in the air to left center, that ball is down, and it gets passed to the wall. Gordon is going to dig for third, a mistake in the outfield, and he will hold there with two out. Representing the time run. That'll do it for today's show. Links to Vahe's columns, Mellinger Minutes, and other stories written about the return of the border war can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Thanks to Leah Becerra and Kathy Liu for their production expertise. You can find Sportsbeat KC just about anywhere you can download a podcast. Thanks for doing it today and in the future. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk sports in Kansas City. I think a little Chiefs and Big 12 basketball will be the topics. Talk to you then.